Hi, Jill. Hi, Steve. How are you today? Good, thanks. How are you? you? Good, thanks. You know, we're trying out a new uh, sound box here because I had some uh, complaints about the uh, quality of my sound, and I went looking for different sound, uh, different solutions like uh, sound cards, and we ended up with this external sound box. Let's hear your voice now. Say something, Jill. It's a beautiful day today. Ah, looks like you're showing up on our little graph here. <laughs> um, yeah, this is uh, obviously uh, this is our usual English link podcast. Uh, we do it because um, we hope that that the combination of of sound and text helps our learners, and we also hope that uh, we uh, attract new learners to the linguist system. You know, I, just as an aside, it's very encouraging on my on my blog to get. Uh, comments from people who who uh, very much agree with the approach that we've taken to language learning and uh you know who who uh, some of them are involved in english teaching i had one person come from japan and say how uh, discouraged he is at the uh, at the methods used in the school where they're teaching english and uh how we're on the right track in terms of making language learning fun and natural and and aiding people to to acquire words and phrases Without going overboard on on grammar explanations, but mm-hmm. uh, so w- we are the linguist www.thelinguist.com, and uh, this is our podcast. What should we talk about today? What What do you want to talk about? Well, Jill? I'm uh, I'm fairly curious about something you you were going to do recently, mm-hmm. and I think probably most people listening to this podcast probably have never heard of it, mm-hmm. um, and so I thought. Maybe you could talk a little bit about that. And this that is the Vasalopet mm-hmm. in Sweden, mm-hmm. a large cross-country uh, skiing race that they have every year. Mm-hmm. And I know you and a couple of other men in uh, in the office here were going to participate in in this ninety-kilometer ninety-kilometer right. race mm-hmm. last month. Right. Well. First of all, the Vasalopet is perhaps, I think it's the largest ski race in the world, one of the most famous, 15,000 participants. It has a long tradition because it commemorates an event that happened 500 years ago when Gustav Vasa, who was going to become the king of Sweden, wasn't yet the king of Sweden, uh, was escaping from his enemies, the Danes, mm. the wicked, nasty Danes. And uh, I think some farmers uh, in the area around this town of Mura, uh, he was actually escaping. And they went and found him and persuaded him to come back and lead a resistance to the Danes, which he did. And uh, the thing, he was escaping on skis. I mean, the, the whole, the, the legend is, is full of 15 different versions. But right. somehow or other, out of this has come this uh, Vasilopet ski race, which is 90 kilometers long and attracts people from all over the world. So that's the race. Now, how did we get involved? Uh, our lumber company, KP Wood, uh, buys lumber, wood, mm-hmm. from a number of sawmills in the general area. And uh, two of our people were over there, and they were probably drinking a fair amount of uh, aquavit, which is the local drink. And uh, they all decided they would go in this 90-kilometer race. And when they came back and told me that, and they said that they had also suggested that I should go in, and then I agreed, so we were all committed to going <laughs> in the race. 
And um, now, I don't think any of you were big cross-country skiers. I, I think you've done a little bit, but right. um, I think for sure the other two weren't... Um, I think we'd all done some, mm-hmm. and so this became a challenge. And uh, and I think I even made reference on my blog to you know just how important it is to have a challenge and mm-hmm. to have some goals. Mm-hmm. And so we had we had a goal we wanted to do well in this race. And uh, so we got busy. We looked up on the internet and found out that they recommended that you spend uh, you know a lot of time training because ninety kilometers of skiing you, you got to have. You know, your body has to be ready for it. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things they recommended was that you do, if possible, 500 kilometers of training. So we set out to do a lot of training, and we hadn't done a lot of cross-country skiing. And we invested in new skis, you know, as inevitably happens. <laughs> uh, but I, w- I spent a lot of time skiing. If I just take my own situation, we s- I skied a lot here on the local mountains, and then I took a week off, and I went up to an interior a resort in the interior of BC called Silver Star, which you're familiar mm-hmm. with. And I had a fabulous time. Mm-hmm. And I went out every day, and I skied for four or five hours, and it was beautiful. And of course, cross country skiing is hard work. So four hours of this, and and that was it, <laughs> you know. And I did some downhill skiing while I was there as well. But I just had a fabulous time, and so I did my 500 kilometers, mm-hmm. and I was in great shape. For this race, ready to go, and uh, and uh, unfortunately, in my case, two days before the race, <laughs> I caught this terrible flu. And it's funny; we were staying in the home of this person who owns the sawmill, mm-hmm. very very nice gentleman called Patrick Fridell, very very nice gentleman, and he invited the three of us to stay in his house. And we arrived, and there he was, and he kind of got out. We weren't sure there was anyone home. It was dark. We arrived about 9 o'clock at night. And then all of a sudden we heard someone. We were upstairs and he was downstairs. And we heard someone moving around. So I walked downstairs. And there he was in his bathrobe. And he has white hair. And he says, in his, you know, he's a very, very nice gentleman. And he said, Steve, so glad to see you, but stay away. <laughs> stay away. Stay five meters away. I have the winter vomit disease. <laughs> the Swedish term. The Swedish term, the winter vomit disease, and it's very contagious. You stay away. So I said, fine. So we stayed away. And I can't say that I got it from him. I could have got it from anyone. Mm-hmm. But living in the same house and we touch the same doorknobs and stuff, there's a good chance. Right. Whatever. For two days prior to the race and on the day of the race, I was just vomiting. I couldn't keep any food down so basically i had no i had nothing i could not possibly have gone in the race no so i was out and it was like a comedy of errors <laughs> uh at this point now the two other guys richard and Stephen, were very afraid of getting the dreaded winter vomit disease <laughs> so they decided to move out oh that's and what happened. the other guys the fellows from the swedish sawmill They were all gathering in a place that was three hours away from the start of the race. Mm -hmm. Whereas where we were staying in our house, we were only an hour and a half away. Mm, And so our original plan was to get up at four and take a bus Mm -hmm. to the start of the race. Mm -hmm. And so we'd get there about 5.36. The race starts at eight. Because with 15,000 people, the earlier you get there, the closer to the front Mm -hmm. you are. Mm Mm-hmm. 
and apparently you get there early and you put your skis down, then you can go and have a cup of coffee or whatever you want to do, sleep some more. Right. Whatever. Yeah, I heard that there were actually people in, that slept in the parking lot so per- that they could put their skis sure. out. Sure. You know, at three in the morning or whatever, and then go back to bed. Exactly. I mean, fifteen thousand mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. But Stephen and 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 Richard now they were frightened. They were afraid. I mean, you know, I mean, here am I every hour on the hour, day and night. I go oh. to the bathroom right beside where they're sleeping. They hear me getting up, and of course they picture all the germs that I'm spreading around. <laughs> so they decided to leave. So they went out to this place in the middle of the woods. 300 or like three hours from the start and they were with a group of these other people the employees of the sawmill and their plan was to leave at four in the morning so that would get them there at seven richard and stephen complained and some of the others the keener ones mm-hmm. so then they said okay we're going to leave at three thirty in the morning so they get up at three thirty, wolf down some porridge get on the bus so the bus left late and they're going and they basically they were on the road for about a half hour and one of the guys from the mill said, I forgot my number. Mm-hmm. And my and they also have a little chip mm-hmm. that you put in your shoe or something so they can keep track of your time. Right. So the bus had to go back. So the net result was that they got there with about 15, 20 minutes to go. Mm-hmm. So they were at the very back of the group. So they, in fact, couldn't finish the race because if you don't reach a certain point by a certain time, they basically throw you out of the race. Yeah, they don't let you go on. So the three of us trained very hard, and I basically came away with more honor <laughs> than the other two. <laughs> oh, that's not true. It wasn't their fault. But, uh, yeah, so, but I don't regret for a minute the effort that I put into uh, my training. I had a fabulous time, mm-hmm. and I was motivated by the race, and I was motivated by this particular measurable target, 500 kilometers. Mm -hmm. And of course, I had a great time skiing, and some days it was sunny, and some days it was snowing in my face, and some days it was windy, and some days it was cold, and some days it was warm. It didn't matter. Yeah. And, you know, in my my blog, I kind of, I compared it a little bit to language learning, that our long-term goal is to learn the language. Mm -hmm. We have this image, like I had an image of completing my 90-kilometer ski race. Mm -hmm. That's nine, ten hours. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe, maybe I can't do it. I don't know. But I, my, I visualized that I could do it. I would never have trained if, if didn't I didn't think, think that I could do right. it. I don't know for sure that well, I you, can. Well, you can't have that attitude that I can't do it because then what's the point of all the training? Well, exactly. You wouldn't even try. Right. But I haven't yet proven that I can do it. Right. Right? Because I, I got sick. I didn't do it. So I haven't done it yet. But I believe I can do it. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I wouldn't bother. Right. So that's my long-term goal. But... You also need a measurable goal. And so that was 500 kilometers. And I can basically do that 30 kilometers and another 20 and another 40 and another 30. And so I can gradually, you know, take that off. I've done, now I'm at 100, 130, 150 and stuff. Until you reach your 500. Until I reach my 500 uh, kilometer goal. So it's a very specific and clear goal. And that's, of course, what we've tried to do in the linguist. So you have your long-term goal is you want to achieve fluency. Mm-hmm. Okay. For me... I want to complete the race. I'm not going to win the race. Right. So it doesn't matter to me. If I complete the race, I'm happy. Right. I have the same approach to fluency. Fluency in a language doesn't mean that you're perfect. Right. Sound exactly like a native speaker. That's right. You don't have to be better, you know. My my pronunciation is better than Jill's. Yeah. Jill knows more words than I do. Who cares? It doesn't matter. If I can speak, if Jill can speak, 
We're both happy. We're both fluent. We can communicate. We can communicate, mm-hmm. and we can continue to get better. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, to that extent, there's also a comparison with language learning. I just want to be in the race. Well, I just want to be in the language. Mm-hmm. Okay, I want to be fluent. But to have more specific, concrete goals is also useful. So that's why we count the words, and we have a number of measurables and, and graphs and mm-hmm. statistics, uh, because it helps you. Yeah. You know, if if they had said to me, just go out and train, well, like, how much do I train? I don't know. You have no measuring stick. You have no idea whether you should be doing 10 kilometers at a time or 30 kilometers, you know, a, a total of 40 kilometers over right. several months or, you know, 1,000 kilometers. So y- you don't even know. It's motivating to know, okay, I want to do this amount. A- and, of course, the other thing is we and the linguists, we want to make the content interesting. Mm-hmm. Just as when you go skiing. I mean, I didn't ski in a tunnel. <laughs> I didn't ski in my basement in some uh, on some uh, you know treadmill. Treadmill, yeah. You know, I went to places that were nice. Uh, it was in the snow. It was in nature. Different trails. So the whole thing was enjoyable. Mm-hmm. So on that basis, it, it was hard work, but it was enjoyable. Exactly. It wasn't hard for me to get up the next day and go back out there skiing. I had a ball. I loved it. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that's a long-winded answer to your question. So in the end, yeah, that was the Vassalopet, and uh, unfortunately, the three of us. Uh, Came back to Canada, as we say, with our tails between our legs. <laughs> but there's always next year. Yes, there's always next year. Um, I think we kind of covered the Vassalopit. I agree. Okay. Uh, once again, this is uh, EnglishLink.com, uh, where you can find uh, a number of similar um, podcasts, and the transcripts will eventually be available in our library for those of you who are members of the Linguist you can then access the text, and you can save words and phrases. You can add to your totals, mm-hmm. reach the 500, not the 500-kilometer mark, but the 5,000-word mark. Mm-hmm. And I should point out that in the linguist, we have a number of people who are at the 20,000-word mm-hmm. mark and at all points in between. So, thank you. Thank you.